Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Lords and Mercenaries podcast. I'm your host, Stephen, and with me I've got my only co-host for this episode, James. Hey! Uh, this episode is our Fire Emblem Three Houses review. Uh, no spoilers here. Uh, we are just going to talk about, in general terms, what we think of the game. And so forth. Uh, Chase can't be here, as he was also not here for the Cadence of Hyrule review on this channel. And he also won't be here for the Link's Awakening review either, because he does not have a Switch. Um, so he cannot play games on launch. Although, I have talked to him at length, and he would love to play Three Houses, like, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, other than that little bit of house cleaning, uh, I guess we can get started. Well, see, what, what, what Chase has to do is he has to go uh, uh, give uh, plasma. I did that for when I was in college in order to pay for the Switch. <laughs> I, gave, I gave my blood. Uh, not, not donating blood, you do the plasma and you get paid for it. Um, not a pro- maybe not the most uh, uh, painless way or... Um, comfortable, um, and could be sketchy in some places, I'll admit, but I did get paid. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that, uh, he, he definitely wants to play this game and, you know, I've, I've been in PMs with him a lot and gushing about the game, but obviously he can't play it quite yet. So I'll start off by saying that I played the, uh, Golden Deer route as my first. Now... <laughs> I know that in the last episode, I, I have to say this, otherwise Chase is going to hate me. Um, I know that in the last episode, I said, all right, I'm not picking Golden Deer because of the, you know, the way that the graphic artist did the box art. And, you know, the external factor uh, hindered my enjoyment. Um, and then towards release day, I'm like, all right, Black Eagles only. And then I took a look at um, Joe... I can't pronounce his last name, but the voice actor for Claude's Twitter. And <laughs> the propaganda there has been fantastic. So, in the end, I chose Golden Deer. Uh, and I had a great time. Uh, James, what path did you choose? Uh, I did Black Eagles. Uh, it, w- it was a tough choice, though. I went back and forth between Black Eagles and Blue, I- Blue Lions. For a long while, I felt, I mean, well, to be honest, I was pretty, I, I was undecided. But I-, I felt like I was leading towards Black Eagles. And then as the game got closer, I I was looking at just the students and Blue Lions really was attracting me with who they had in there and some of the some of the story implications that we could already already see. So I was fairly interested in them. And then I saw Dimitri like it, when I got the game, I I saw Dimitri and his demeanor and his just the the the, the job the voice actor did with him and how his his lines like I. I was impressed. Like he was not, he did not give the the same impression that I had of him when uh, you know just studying the game beforehand. And so I was this close, this close to choosing the Blue Lions, uh, but uh, in the end I did go with the uh, waifus, but or Edelgard, the waifu empire. But you know it it was not an easy choice. But Golden Deer didn't cross my mind once. No, maybe the beginning, but not at that point, no. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sure I'll get around to it at some point. And then oh, yeah, totally. Chase will be pleased, because I know that he's still going to want to play Golden Deer first. He's a hardcore Golden Deer guy. 
Um, I know that you've been back and forth on what um, voices you want to have, either English or Japanese. What'd you end up picking again? Uh, I wasn't back and forth. I was pretty pretty adamant about doing Japanese. However, because I told people I was going to stream the game, I ended up streaming it when I first got it. Um, and everyone wanted the, me to play it in English. And it, may, it makes sense because it's no fun just to just to read it it's not because there it's not really like visual cutscenes per se you know it's a lot of just models maybe moving their hands a bit but the, but it's really like the text and what they say and how they say it that is the imp- appealing at this point in the, or to three houses so it makes sense you would want to hear it in english if you're you know if your viewers are english speaking so personally i'd rather go with the japanese but right now i've just been doing english but when I do the Blue Lions, I'm going to switch over to uh, Japanese. Okay. Specifically for Mercedes. No offense to Mercedes, voice actress. She has grown on me over time, and I think she has some good line deliveries. But I think the Jap- I, I just think the Jap- her Japanese voice is so much better. Okay, I haven't heard any of the Japanese. But uh, I might switch in my uh, second... Like, during my second or third uh, playthrough. Um, so, as far as, like, uh, gameplay discussion goes, do you want to talk about the monastery first or the battles first? We can do the monastery first. Because uh, I, I feel like that's the, the one of the biggest selling points of this game is that Fire Emblem now has this humongous... Well, humongous Duka. <laughs> humongous for Fire Emblem. Uh, uh, hub world. And in this world, you can interact with the students and your students and the teachers and the various activities that are there. Uh, for me, this is this is so much fun because I'm the kind of guy who enjoys play, picking up a game and just goofing off in its hub world, like Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, I'm trying to think of other games. Like Sunshine was a big, I mean, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Some of those games. Uh, Kind of had like free roaming in in Hogwarts, and I I, I really dig that all the weird stuff you could do there, um, and you know, even even like Zelda games, they're not hub worlds per se, but it's it very exploration heavy, and you can see all see all these details and and little things that they they have hidden in in their games, and not to say there's that's a whole lot of that in the monastery, but it does give you a sense of. Uh, immersion because you know because you get to explore this area rather than you're rather than you're reading an interactive book like it's kind of how the other games went you know what i mean with this one it feels like you're actually you know playing the game and you are your character you play as your character whatnot um but yeah i i think that it's a great way to interact with your students and really get to know them I mean, I wouldn't be surprised that Three Houses has the most dialogue out of all the three out of all the Fire Emblem games, not just because of the paralogs and yeah, one hundred percent, not just because of the paralogs or the support conversations, but also all the times that you can just stop and talk to your students and learn more about them. It, it just it just creates such a better connection to your units to your army that that you've never had in Fire Emblem before. Yeah, I agree. I can't imagine how how big the budget was for the writing and voice acting i 
there's just so much like even the you know average joe in the in the market has uh, voice acting um it's it's crazy um my my take on the monastery is while i enjoyed exploring it at first uh probably through about uh, a third of my playthrough i eventually noticed that i was getting into a routine uh, both in the monastery and throughout the month and that just made things go a lot quicker but at the same time i didn't i felt like that i was since i was going faster like i wasn't enjoying that portion of the game as much um uh, a lot of that has to do with gameplay wise um i didn't find as as i was getting like the b supports and going into the a supports earning those i didn't actually find the uh the tea parties um all that use or having tea time with uh students and faculty all that useful i still did them but I didn't do them as often while exploring the monastery. I usually had meals, uh, did the tournaments. Um, but I felt like tea time just took so long. And it, it would have been better if they increased the budget a little bit more and then actually had conversations on tea time. But they... <laughs> but instead, tea time was just, you know, picking, you know, I, what was it, three or four options out of a set uh, of yeah, yeah yeah basically and then if you did and if you got the right answer for four options you had like a secret fifth option. no it it's one less okay. so three, it's three options oh. and then the secret fourth not secret and then but the, the fourth and then one the, the bonus fourth one yeah yeah so in order to unlock perfect tea time <laughs> perfect tea time yeah and then you get to get really close to them and it's really awkward yeah. mm-hmm only a matter of time before we get thrown in jail. Yeah. So, in a sense, I did enjoy myself in the monastery for the, you know, the first third of my playthrough. And then I was just getting into a groove of like, alright, gotta get to the end of the month so I can get to that uh, that end of chapter battle. Um, I also found the fishing minigame to be boring and the only reason i did it was so i can get my professor level up uh not for the ingredients or anything like that um so anything else on the on the monastery that you want to comment on oh yes lots okay um i mean i will right every in. single every <laughs> single detail but uh go, talking to your tea point or your tea time point I agree that the tea time is pretty fun, or not fun, pretty uh, hilarious and uh, awkward when you first start doing it. It's kind of wacky. It's like, what, why is this a thing? Like, what, why are we doing this? What is this dating sim nonsense? And uh, sometimes, sometimes you're like bewildered at, um, like, what could possibly be the answers? Is it cute monks? It can't be cute monks. This is Hanuman, and it's not cute monks, guys. Hanuman is not into cute monks, apparently. Um, I, I still can't figure out. Whenever that option comes up, it comes up with like the view of the bridge or some some something that's really does not sound like Hanuman, and I can't figure out which one it is. But it's not like I'm. It's not like I go on tea times out with with him all the time. And that goes to your point where I I hardly ever went out of my way to 
to do a tea time with anybody. I mean, it's it's nice they have the option for people who just adore it, who really who really want to do that a lot. Um, but there's it's not a, there's not a lot of benefit to it besides you know getting uh, closer to your um, to your students like you know support wise. So I guess that there is that benefit, and I and I do appreciate that and understand that. But yeah, for the most part, I was just whenever it was their birthday, I would do a tea time. And I think there was one time with Edelgard, I did do tea time because I was just trying to make sure I had enough support with her so I can get her up to A support. Um, so yeah, but I, I, yeah, the tea time, it doesn't, I mean, it's, again, it's, it's, it's funny and awkward, but I don't know. I guess I still do it. I still like some, somewhat enjoy it. Um, it's still frustrating when I, when I feel like I know the answer and I get it wrong, but, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, I do, I do see what you're saying that it would be nice if there was more to it than just, you know, they make poses or to say the tea is hot, or <laughs> but, but it's just, it's just a simple thing. So whatever. Oh yeah. It's, it's a drop of water in a sea of, you know, other stuff to do. Right. Right, and and it it holds itself well, I think, like well enough, you know. Um, yeah, uh, fishing. I actually do like fishing. Uh, I think it, it can be kind of a yeah. I mean, obviously it's monotonous, but at the same time, it's kind of cathartic. Where you know, if you get into a rhythm of the perfect, it's like boom, boom, boom. And I and I I usually only fish, and I'm sure you're the same way. When there's like some sort of event or some sort of special thing in the water going on. And then I'll do, and I'll do that, and that's when I'll fish and up professor level and and whatnot. But you know, I, I kind of enjoy. I like the way they did it. Um, how you have like the health bar. It's kind of reminiscent of old school Fire Emblem. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I do, I do enjoy that. Um, but it, you know, it's not like my go-to game. I think the best activity that you can do uh, is eating with your students. Uh, I, I, I really enjoy that one. Uh, you get a lot of benefits from that. Same with singing. Um, not, not the same kind of benefits all the time, but it, you know, it's, uh, it's still pretty useful. Um, but not all the activities are, you know, home. They don't need to be, for example, cooking. Well, and you're right. They don't, they don't need to be, but I do think like there's some that could have been improved upon. For example, cooking. I think the cook, cooking is fun. Be, is fun like the first couple of times, because you know the the students are students who like to cook are like really excited. It's like, oh yeah, like I'm working to cook like five for, five for my playthrough. I <laughs> the only two options you know that had the the blue arrows were uh, Bernadetta and Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, it's so odd. I mean, I think I think there may be like one or two others, but I don't remember who they are. But for me, I but for me it was mainly because. Mainly, I only did Bernadetta and Mercedes because they were the only two on my party, or the really the only two I cared about. So it's like, if you have this option, why not have there be more people who are skilled at cooking? Just everyone just suck at cooking. It's like, does no one know how to cook here? But uh, it, they're joy. I mean, it's cute to see them do it, but the effects you get from it, it's, it's just not worth it. It's not permanent for one thing; it only lasts a month, and then, you know, it t- it takes away one of your uh, roaming times, and I feel like that roaming time can be used in something better. 
Uh, I do kind of wish that it was a mini game, even if it has to be as simple as the, the be nice. fishing mini game. Sure. Where you have to time some. Sure. I I, I mean, yeah. It's I do I do appreciate the dialogue. I mean, it's not like incredibly unique, but you know that uh, it, it's kind of cute to see Bernadetta and and Mercedes kind of comment on it. But at the same time, it's it's just one and done. You know, you hear that, then it's the same thing over and over again. I didn't do it too often, but it just wasn't my cup of tea. And there, and there was, there wasn't really any like, you know, how you had like a, a special meal day, or you know, there was a choral festival going on. There wasn't like a cooking competition yeah, or something that like that cool. where the effects of what you did were, were better. Or you know, if you win the competition, you get this. Like, I, I felt, I felt like that was fairly underutilized. Why am I so passionate about that? I have no idea, but I am. Uh, yeah, uh, gardening. I think gardening uh, has its usefulness. I just wish there was a guide on what am I doing here. Like, it, it's. I mean, it's fairly self-explanatory. You pick a plant, you cultivate it, and then you harvest it the next time you come to the monastery. However, there's no guide on what you plant get, yields you what. I don't know if it's random or. I mean, I don't think it's all random, but. But maybe like within the category of the seed, there's a random potential. But I, I wish it would explain it to you so that you can grab the certain items that you want. Granted, some of those items are not very useful because they're just used for cooking. And again, we just said cooking is pointless. So I don't know. There, but the reason why I bring it up because there was a quest where I needed like a Zoa fruit or, Zon- or no, no, it was a Zonato fruit. And I had it. I had one previously. But something happened to it. I think I may have cooked it because I thought I haven't cooked it. I haven't cooked in a while. Might as well try that out. See if anything changes. It it wasn't worth it. Um, but so I, I so I think I used that fruit, and then I never got that fruit again. When the quest came up, I was like, uh, what? <laughs> I, where am I supposed to get this fruit? So that was frustrating. So I wish there was a guide for that. Um, but other than that, I think for the most part, the activities at the monastery were good. Um, you mentioned the tournament. Yeah, that too is that. That I mean, it can be a little repetitive, but I mean, it, it's it it can it's fairly quick. Yeah, you know. Um. The but I think all all of your listeners and uh, James, you can agree that the that the thing people are going to do most is sharing meals with students. Because yeah, as, as far as spending time, since you can only cook once. As far as spending time, it's the only thing that you can do more than once. I think. I don't think you can do a tournament more than. Yeah, once. Yeah, you, uh, you can do you can do that more than once. I think you can do the tournament more than once. I also think you can do the choir one hmm. as well. I actually didn't do that, except if it was a a holiday event. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I really I really did choir unless it was a you know, that we have the choir fest this month or if there was a holiday like you How, said. Um, how often did you do the uh, the like private sessions with the instructors? Uh, so I tried to do them as as much as I could. Um, you know, I, I I try to keep it a balance between the meals. I honestly, I really didn't start doing like double meals until like part two. Um, for the most part, I would just do one meal that was like the special meal for the week. You know, um, get the get the special bonuses from that, and then I go find the teachers that. A, I liked, and B, I needed skills up in, um, you know, like Raya, Sedith, um, 
who was another one i think i think well you know just whoever you know like faith magic and and swords and whatnot right but yeah so i i think i use utilize that pretty well and and into part two it it becomes pretty um important as well in part two i did like in part one i was like man these these the seminar option is i'm barely using it and then in part two I start using the seminar option, and then I realize this is still this is not a spoiler. Anyway, this is purely gameplay based. You can't the people you pick for seminars, even if they only specialize in one weapon, um, you cannot choose uh, them to teach the attendees flying, riding, or uh, armor, which I think was a bit of an oversight for me personally. Trying to get the late game classes and such. That's mm-hmm. fair. Uh, yeah, I, I can see that complaint. I never, I know, I guess I never really thought about that, but it does, it does kind of like you wonder, like why, why isn't, why is no one an expert? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like why isn't there no one to I, teach? I was this, talking but... with a person on another server, and they and they tried to raise the point of well, the the way that the game gives you an option to raise those is through the friday activities when you're um or is it saturday that's true yeah that's true that's very true but that's it that's that i guess that's how it works yeah no i see what he's saying now okay that i mean yeah that's fair but i do i do see what he's saying that's a good point to bring up like you do have those options because actually i was thinking like about the group tasks and i guess we'll get there when we get to instructions um but is that well? You know, why aren't there you know for other weapons and other stuff, other skills? Why is it just the riding armor and flying? But now, but now that makes more sense because they can't be taught in the instructions, and you know this is just a just a more consistent way of no. They doing they it. can be taught in the instructions, but they cannot be taught in seminars. Like choosing to do a seminar on the, your free well, day. Well, that's what I that that that's what I meant. I just real quick about uh, I I maybe maybe I shouldn't go into all details but i'm gonna just do this real quick is that there's a part where you can answer like your students uh questions and and their worries like through an anonymous like dear abby uh, kind of thing um yeah the advice box i i mean it's kind of fun like to see like you know get to know your students a little better but i mean i don't know I guess it was just kind of filler. Maybe why why even bring this up? I don't know. I don't know why I bring it up. It's just something that like sticks sticks in my mind for some reason. Like this, there's just these people asking questions. Even Raya will use this dear Abby thing. Like, You're supposed to beat the prophetess. There's I guess one other thing that I'll touch on really quick because there's just so much to do in the monastery. Uh, the lost items. I. I eventually just looked up a guide. Like I tried it for four chapters, and I was like, "All right, well, I'm. I don't want to just talk to a person and then just go through the menu, having them com- repeatedly deny." <laughs> so I just said, "Okay, well, I'm going to." I just looked up a guide, like towards the, you know, towards chapter five, um, and I don't regret it because it's not exactly. It just boosts relationship um and this is it's basically the same thing as you know meals and, and tea time boost relationship but motivation as well 
does it boost motivation? I don't remember. Maybe by by a little bit or by like the whole all four points. By like by well, not all of it, but by like okay. fifty. Yeah, I I say I think I remember it was fifty or something, maybe. Twenty five is like meh, but fifty is pretty good. Yeah, but that that's I guess out of that list of things to talk about on your exploration days, I guess that was uh about it, I believe. I think I think we talked about everything. Yeah, those lost those lost items like they, it can get annoying. I try to keep myself from I, I I was like I would always try to give them items like that I felt like were um you know what they would like or you know try to figure that out but sometimes it's really obscure and so some items I had I was like I've had this forever who does this belong to so then I would start like spamming things and I mean it gets pretty funny just some characters like just what they say is like no and it's like it's just hearing them repeatedly saying no 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 it's it's pretty it's pretty funny but uh, I do see how it can be annoying. Um, I mean, it's just like kind of a, f- a fetch quest. Although I do like it better than like some of the quests they give you in the game, where it's literally just I need these items. Go find or deliver go the find these items. And these yeah. aren't like items you can buy. Uh huh. <laughs> there were like five love letter delivery quests. <laughs> oh gosh, um, and like some of them are like weird, like strange. Like there's a g- girl who's like into Aloise, and there's another one like. It's 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 strange, <laughs> but I I find the quest the fetch quest in this game to be pretty boring and just the the definition of filler, um, like there there's really no point to them other than you get some stuff but you, you gotta you gotta mix it up or you gotta do something other than just walk to this point and you know walk to this point that's on the map <laughs> and. You know, click A. Like yeah. it, it's just not. It doesn't work. It or it's not that engaging. Yeah. The uh, the best thing to come out. This is kind of an external thing, but the best thing to come out of the uh, the side quest, the fetch quest, is the said the says on Twitter. <laughs> True, <laughs> I love True. that so much. Uh, if if you're unaware, go to Twitter and type in uh, hashtag said the says, and you'll see a whole bunch of pictures where they have like said this face and then it has a you know a person writes a quest description and then sometimes the voice actor will actually say those on twitter and it's it's great um but is there anything else that we forgot i don't think so i think there is but or i'm sure there is but let's just let's let's just move on okay so sunday instructions uh, another thing that Monday, I'll say, my man, Monday. Oh, Monday, Monday. Yes. Um, what? Uh, one other thing that I'll say about last episode is I said that I was going to go um, automated in my first playthrough. I actually did not do that until like the last fourth of the game, um, because by the last fourth of the game, I had you know everything I needed except for uh, the flying riding or uh, armor. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was good to, you know, influence what a student learns and what classes they could be. There is a mechanic that, uh, I discovered like towards the midpoint of the game where if you teach a student, there's one thing that each student has that has like three stars. And if not you every student, enough, but a lot of them, 
Oh, oh not every student? Okay. Yeah. But if you teach Claude them doesn't in have that... anything. Not Claude, Caspar oh. is what I meant to say. Caspar? Yeah. Uh, if you teach a student that much in uh, that area, it's like a it's like a hidden uh, talent, or I forget what they call it. But then they'll say, oh, you know, maybe, maybe I can uh, learn stuff from this class. I didn't always do this, <laughs> but... It was it was still a neat touch in case you wanted to you know drastically shift a student's uh, path. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think some of those hidden talents are very good for how the character is built or what they're you know what route they should go. You know, Dorothy. I think Dorothy is a very good example where I believe she's incredibly bad at faith, but she has the potential to be good. And when you get her up, you know, she mm. obviously becomes strong in faith and. That's good for being a, a, a grimoire, grimory, however you say. It. I think grimory is what it is. You know, who yeah. is skilled in both reason and faith. So uh, that's basically that's basically her best class, in my opinion. So in, in some and so in some cases, uh, that can be very useful, and or should be the course you go through. Another another in other cases, it's maybe not the greatest. Like uh, right. I can't think of the best example right now, but I know there are some. But one, the one in particular, the one that comes to mind is um, Lysithea. She has a special hidden talent in swords. And, you know, there are magic swords, and that can be useful, I guess. But her bread and butter, but her bread and butter is just spamming spells, like destroying Cavalier. That, that is just her thing, man. And, you know, I guess you, magic swords can help out, but... And so you just might as well stick to your spells, um, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I, I guess, I guess that's not the best example because again, there are magic swords that you know she could use. Um, but there, there are examples of some of those hidden talents just being utter <laughs> garbage. Yeah, just, but in general, though, I thought the uh, manual instruction was okay in the early game. But late game, now that I knew, like where my students what advanced and master classes i wanted my students to be it became much more focused because then i was looking ahead right i want my, i knew what my students wanted sure well to me that that seems like you would want more even more control over their stats you know certain stats you know it's like if you if you needed uh let's say you needed bernadetta to be get, be, get better at writing writing and you just wanted to make sure all her instruction goes into writing then you know that's a i think maybe manually that could be good um but but at the same time i understand that for some people that could be fairly tedious for me i i really i don't, I don't think i've ever done manually before or, or automatic i mean I've, i i always did it manually and um i i just i really enjoy you know and sometimes i can be like ah oh, what what's the what's the best uh, you know, what, what skill should I go in here right now? Like what, what she need, what is he or she need right now? Um, but it, it, that just kind of puts me into the game. It makes me really think about, really care about the progression of my units. Um, but again, that's just, that's just me, uh, how I, how I see it. Um, but I, I do enjoy the fact that you can be, uh, you decide whether you are meticulous with it or you're just, you know, let's get on with it, it whatever works. Um, and obviously you set goals for them. So, um, 
you know, they'll, they'll go in the direction that they need to. Um, but I do enjoy, uh, getting into the finer details. However, I will say that later, you know, the further you on get, further you get in the game and the more students you recruit, that list gets quite extensive. And there's a, there's a point, there's a point in the game where, um, not, you just, you get a ton of new characters for your, for your party. And you're just like, how do I handle all this? And some, some of them will, unfortunately, I mean, it depends on your play style. But for me, some of them have kind of gone like off to the wayside. Like, you know, they're not really relevant anymore. Um, I'll probably make them adjutants so that they get some experience or, you know, get some supports there. But they're so weak at this point that there's no there's no need for them to or or they can't they can't join the party unless they just want to get massacred which I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, like um one one little tidbit that I'll say is like all of the like character epilogues in the credits is like battles zero <laughs> right <laughs> yeah zero for like a good portion of what, I, what right it, I it's true party. you know you feel kind of yeah. bad it's like some characters you know they're very like. You know, there's one in particular thing of them who's incredibly like they want to find love really bad, and their 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 clock is ticking, kind of a thing. But at the end, at the end of the game, like they were all alone. Like, I'm so sorry. It's because of me. You never found love. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, I have a question for you because you played this game in hard mode, right? Yeah first playthrough yeah. okay i only had when i was when i was instructing i only had one um bad uh result when i was trying okay. to teach a student so mm-hmm. did that happen more often for you uh i won't say more often it it just does it doesn't really happen too often i've had it like i don't even know why that's three even or four times yeah i think it's just one of those like just random bad luck kind of things uh, I mean, but if you do, if you do answer correctly, like if you praise or criticize them correctly, it is for your benefit. Like, yeah. like you get those points back. Mm-hmm, exactly. So mm-hmm. I think, I think it's just kind of a, obviously it's a chance luck thing, but it, 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 it kind of keeps on your toes, you know, um, in that right. sense. And I would, I, I mean, it would maybe would be annoying, but I may, maybe I wouldn't object to having it appear more often although i'm kind of i kind of hesitate to say that because what if it would to start appearing more often and just ruin my <laughs> my uh, planning altogether so i don't know but at the same time if you know how to properly criticize or you know uh praise your students then it doesn't i guess it, it wouldn't matter too much after that we also have the the friday activities which I think are fine, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would have liked a better way well, it's, to... It's actually Saturday activities, but I know... Oh, is it Saturday? I keep thinking it's Friday. Huh. No, it's... Um, the, the the week starts on Monday, and then... Okay, I mean, that's why. It's like I... <laughs> yeah. I read the calendar wrong. But, um... The, yeah, the weekend... The weekend is just, just Sunday. It's just I think those activities are okay. Yeah, I... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Like you get a lot of gold from them later. Yeah, I mean they have they have benefits and to them. And materials. And you do. But, and yeah. if you choose the correct units, you get some interesting dialogue, which I appreciate. Um, but but at the same time, it's eh, it's not not the best. Although 
it does help you grow in certain stats that are, like you said, kind of hard to hard to grow, or I mean, you can't even you don't even have a seminar for them. So I, I think that's I think that's pretty uh, nice, mm. but at the same time, I I agree that they're not incredible. I you know before I was thinking that oh I I kind of wanted to see you know sword training or lance training those those kind of things. Why is it just these? But now that now that I've now that you explained it that way, with the seminar and your friend chiming in, I totally see where where they're coming from with that, and it makes it makes a lot more sense actually. Yeah, but and I also I guess after that the last thing you do in your schedule is you just say begin training, and then the game will allocate. They don't they don't use up the leftover points. It just allocates a set amount to each of their goals, um, which is fine. <laughs> no, know, I mean it's it's really it's great. Good to, it's good to have uh, it's good to have that little extra boost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I, I'm, I'm, I yeah, I'm, I, I love it really. Like I think it's a great, mm-hmm. it's a great system. Um, you know, it it doesn't really penalize you for I imagine for doing it automatic. And your students are always improving. If you don't have time to go in manually and give this person stats, or you, they they don't have the motivation for you to teach them, it's fine. They'll get they'll get they'll go up in their goals. And the fact that you can change their goals basically whenever is fantastic, in my opinion. Um, you know, you really do you do really control uh, what happens to your units, and it's. Very refreshing, especially with uh, especially with the late game uh, master classes. You need three or sometimes four recommended uh, levels. So you Is do need four? to switch the goals around. Um, I think there's been one or two fours, but it, it's almost always three at at least. Yeah, yeah. It's well, yeah. It's like three or two, but yeah. It's it's more than two for master classes, I think. There's 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 a couple that are two. There's like, a couple. Uh, okay. I believe Grimmery's two and Mortal Savant, or however you say that, is two. But like, yeah, some of the bigger, some of the some of the writing ones, and like the armor yeah. one. Well, no, not yeah, the writing ones. I remember bow knights needed lances. Yep. <laughs> it's yep, like yep. I trained them in in uh, you know archery and riding, but now I gotta all of a sudden start at like level E for lances. <laughs> you know later in luckily the i was able to prepare i i I, yeah, I didn't look ahead all that much uh-huh so. yeah i i think with Ber- well obviously we were we were in different classes i think bernadetta did she have did she have a uh do you remember if she had a hidden talent for lances or spears whatever it is no plus i don't know why she w- why would the developers give her a hidden talent in lances if one of the if the last class class in the path is um, bow knight? Because you need because you need lances for the bow knight. Yeah, but she's already trying to be a bow knight towards the end anyway. If you want to keep going down the archery path, so is there anything else you wanted to say about the instruction instruction portion? Hmm. Um. Other than it's the system itself, I think works great. I I, I really dig it. Um, I yeah. like it too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I wouldn't mind. 
um, future Fire Emblem games taking their own, or you know, or what's the word, growing upon upon the concept. Um, I mean, I'm not sure how they would do that, but uh, I would love to see them try. This is very uh, much in theme with the game. Yeah, you're right. It's very, it is very much in theme. So I think it, and I, and I personally, I wouldn't want them to try to copy a, another Officers Academy theme. I, I don't want to see Fire Emblem try to, you know, do that. It's, it almost become the new marriage mechanic. You know, Awakening did it. I mean, Awakening was the first one to do it, but Awakening did it, and then Fates copied thereafter, um, and Children and whatnot. But uh, I do, I really do enjoy this feature, um, and I hope that it returns in some way that is potentially not in the classroom, <laughs> or at least in an office's academy within a monastery. If there is another classroom setting or some sort of study session, I think I'd be okay if they were able to explain it well enough. But anyway, uh, I I do I do enjoy this, and I'm. A plus, A plus intelligence systems <laughs> on that part. Uh, I guess the next thing down the list, and I ca- I kind of want to merge these two together in sure. the interest of time, but sure. I would understand if we don't have to. But uh, I'll try to I'll try to constrain myself. I really will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't have to. I mean, we can go we can go much longer. I mean, we're already over half an hour, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, is uh, battles and music? Um, battles what did you and think music. Of the battle gameplay. Yeah. Uh, um. Well, I mean, I I think I think the the missions, the, you know, the battles are fantastic. Uh, I mean, let's let's talk about the good first. I I, I think that the the enemy variety and um, just the setup of the maps are are just uh, addicting in the sense that um, it, it it doesn't get boring. At least for it never did for me. Um, and I, I I like some of um, the not so much the terrain terrain well there there were there were some terrain things so yeah yeah the ter- the terrain or you know how there were there was obstacles in certain ways or you know trees that will keep you from moving as far as you like or things like that uh, <clears throat> I did I did enjoy that sort of variety but also with the enemies um you know Aside from the auxiliary missions or even some of the paralogue missions, well, no, not the paralogue missions. So the, the quest and auxiliary missions, where it's it's basically all one unit, maybe two <laughs> types that you have to fight. But like the paralogues and mission, there's usually a um, a plethora of, of enemy types that you have to fight, and you have to plan ahead and think, okay, who's gonna go where, and who's gonna take on th- these flyers and Etc. Etc. So I appreciate that sort of game plan that they encourage you to to take. So what what did you what did you like about it? So as far as the selection uh, goes, not the not the battles in general, but uh, uh, we can't really we can't really go into specifics too much. But they do give you like it's either one enemy type or the other for the auxiliary battles. Um, I thought it was I thought those were fine. Um, I did a fair amount of paralogues, and I didn't enjoy the extra uh, character stories. Uh, one of my favorite ones was the one that they did at uh, Treehouse with oh. uh, Raphael and um, ah. yeah, Ignatz. I'm, for- I'm forget Ignatz. I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head. That one was pretty good. 
Yeah, you like um, that one? I yeah, there were a few other good ones. It's just nice to have that bit of uh, extra world building. Sure, I agree. I think, to be game honest game. with the paralogs, I think some of them are kind of, in my opinion, are a little meh. Like, there, there's one with Dorothy. Yeah, they can't all be good. And uh, they don't have all like the same like, story implications or as as grand as I would like them to be. And I know they're side stories, so you know they shouldn't be. But I, I I do okay okay. First, I do think they're better than a lot of the paralogs in say Fates and even Awakening, because um, a lot of them had to do with children. And yeah, some of the children are cute and whatever, but it's it's basically like i'm gonna rebel against daddy or i really miss daddy and then you protect the child it basically it boils down the same thing these paralogs is not necessarily like that all the time uh but some of the stories just kind of are are, didn't didn't do it for me like dorothea and uh, ingrid's it was kind of meh like like we don't like they talk about this big bad noble guy that they're trying to get better and i won't go into spoilers or anything but you don't even see the noble like I, I feel like i should have a face on this particularly bad guy and you don't see him you know and i i feel like it's a shame and you you go like you're talking in the monastery and you're like okay we got to figure out what to do about this guy will you join his teacher and then you accept you accept and then you just transport it to this part of this this map that is is just like out of nowhere and it's like what where are we what what why are we here why is the noble guy here and i, I i'm avoiding exactly telling what it is just in case people want to know you know find out for themselves but it, it feels way out of the blue and it, it doesn't make any sense why you're in this area um and so i i mean not that, that, that that's just one example um and and the and it's also the the mission itself was kind of meh i mean it's basically you had to get to one side of the map to the other um which you know i guess in hindsight is better than just killing everybody which it, it which i think is a problem with three houses that is the common uh mission objective with a lot of these um is just kill all enemies but I don't know. I I'll just say that I think they could have done a little better job with some of the paralogs. But the other paralogs are I, I feel like have been really good. Like there's one with Sedith and Flane. The the map is okay, but the story there is really interesting. And then there's one with uh Merced, Mercedes and Caspar that I really like. I just finished it by the way. It it's I, I really like the story implications of it and the map was I mean, it's a, it's a, well, the, the, the battle that that ensues with the units and everything, it was enjoyable. So, yeah. Um, as far as the gameplay is concerned, now I played on normal. Uh, I had a pretty, a pretty fair time, pretty easy time playing. Um, I liked the weapon triangle was not in the game. However... I found that, but on normal, my experience, the battalions didn't really get a whole lot of, like the battalion moves, did not get a whole lot of use unless I was uh, battling. Uh, This is in Treehouse, uh, or this is in the trailer, so this is not a spoiler, but there is is an enemy type called a monster. 
and battalions are extremely useful against them for like drawing aggro and whatever. It's really the only time I used. <laughs> um, I didn't really use them against generic enemies. Uh, maybe bosses, once or. You know, I I think that's I I do think that's the uh, way to go. Um, you kind of you kind of save them for enemies that you feel like will be particularly difficult, and or use them as a last resort. Um, I mean, I I'll. I know normal mode. What's that? They uh, enemies can't counterattack to them. Yeah, and that that's really useful. And uh, a lot of them, if not all of them, will keep the enemy from moving um, the next turn, which is useful when you have a unit that isn't particularly great, you know, against their their enemy their their weapon type. So um, you can still move your unit away from that enemy if you use a battalion, um, but. I, I I think part of the problem is playing in normal mode. It is incredibly easy. Um, I mean, there's some people who are like, yeah, I, I, you don't need to use a battalion. You just beat everybody with like an iron sword and you're good. <laughs> like just an iron sword. Well, one of the weakest I mean, it's weapons. not that easy, but. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's, that, that's, that was a bit of exaggeration on my part. But yeah. um, it is. I agree is, on the battalions thing, though, for sure. It is pretty, it is pretty easy. Uh, yeah. or, or I haven't played it, but that's what I heard. But in hard mode, I, I would agree. Yeah, in hard mode, I do think it it provides enough challenge. Um, I understand that there are people who want want more, especially for a name like hard. I do feel like hard is almost should almost have been the normal, and then they go in easy mode. But I think there were I think Intelligent System has a plan in mind where they know that their their hardcore fans are going to play the games anyway, um, as long as they and they promise that they'll provide hard modes in the future, and these people will probably play these hard modes eventually. I mean, I've I've already had people ask me like, so who, what route are you going to play uh, when it, when it, um oh shoot, what's the what's the next mode coming in? Lunatic. Lunatic. I, I, was, I was thinking like something with the I. I don't know what. Anyway, yeah, when lunatic mode comes in, what's the first route are you going to do? <laughs> Infernal. Yeah, I was thinking Infernal for some reason. Um, yeah. Although I, there is rumors or evidence within the game data that there may be a mode like Infernal or like you know even it was higher. In, the reason why I said Infernal is that's in uh, Fire Emblem Heroes. Heroes, right? But there is there is yeah. like, but I was saying there is data suggesting that there will be even harder modes than Lunatic. Um, but anyway, uh, these people are you know there's people who are excited for Lunatic, but if you had started off your game extremely hard. I I think intelligence system may have been worried that people wouldn't have latched onto it as much as they have. I, I there's no evidence to prove that, uh, unless we unless we go to intelligence system and ask them straightforward. Um, but uh, for the time being, that's what I think. But anyway, going back to hard mode um, and battalions, I do think that uh, they can be very useful. Uh, at least for the way I played, I I had to make sure I used them correctly to beat defeat some of the later. Um, maps where there are those monster beast things everywhere and um you know you have to you have to use them wisely and you can take them out without without the battalions that's true but sometimes you just they're they're there to help you like um you know get you out of a a, a specifically tough spot um and i i really do appreciate that level of strategy in my mind and there were cases where and just you know not even talking about those beasts like just where you had a unit that was 
surrounded by enemies or your team was surrounded by enemies and the only way out was to use battalion on on this group so that they wouldn't move or they would be weaker or whatever um and so there, there's there's a lot of strategy behind it and i appreciate that i liked it that was a good addition mm-hmm. uh do you think now that you've actually played the game do you think that uh the weapon triangle was needed uh no i don't think it was necessarily needed and uh i think there are remnants of the weapon triangle uh, for yeah, example combat arts well not even combat arts it's it's more like uh the abilities like there's like axe breaker lance breaker or sword breaker um, that's true yeah and those are only given to like lance breakers only given to axe users and etc um right. well you have to you have to be a certain proficiency for axe users um, but even then, like there, a lance is not going to do much against an axe in some cases, not all the time. It's not like super weak, but a lot of the time axe users will do f- a little better against, against a lance. Whereas a lance will do pretty well, fairly well against a sword potentially. And that, but it's not always the case. It's not as the extreme as past games where, you know, a lance would go against a sword user and just, you know, take him out in one hit. Like that's not that's not necessarily the case all the time, um, so it it's and it's it's not definitely or in previous games it'll let you know for sure like your weapon specifically is weak to lances because you're a sword user, but in this case it's it's not it's not that blatant except if you're you know a flyer. <laughs> watch out for bows <laughs> well yeah that, that that's still in the game where uh bows have an advantage over mounted units and and obviously your uh your um mages are uh, crucial to take out the the knights and the some of those cavaliers like it's just you gotta have them in some cases well while we're talking about uh physical weapons i do want to touch on um I don't know if this this is your experience in your playthrough, but Raphael in Golden Deer is a really... I made him a war master, and he tore things apart. That's good gauntlets. to hear. Um, I think gauntlets are way too powerful <laughs> in this game, at least yeah, for my playthrough. Um, I, I kind of been thinking the same thing. Um. Now I, I'm curious what you'll what you'll say when you get into hard mode. Um, if you if you go into hard mode, like you know, will gauntlets be as OP as you're saying? But I do agree. Like even for me with Caspar, Caspar's a beast. Like you know, he doesn't get hit and he crits all the time, and he has the gauntlets. Um, and so it, it's it, it's insane to see some of the things. I mean, he, he's he's clutch. I mean, he can't take a whole. I mean, he could take some hits. But um, he just he gets like two or four hits, and he'll crit yeah. on one of them eventually. So it's it's not it's crazy. only not only can you attack twice on the same turn, mm-hmm. but you can you can also attack four times on two different rotations. Like you attack twice, the enemy will counterattack, and you attack twice again. They're not gonna live. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the most of the time they won't live, you know, unless you go up against the wrong enemy. Um, yeah, but it's basically like giving more characters brave weapons. 
Um, and uh, brave weapons are fun. Uh, I just, but I agree with you. Part of me wonders, like, is this is this too much? Are the gauntlets like too powerful? I don't know. It, it's fun. It's a lot of fun, and I appreciate that. And Caspar has gotten me out of some particularly uh, tough spots uh, with his gauntlet. And to be fair, axes. Like he's a really good axe because War Master. The axes and oh, War Masters. War Masters another two um, skills that they need: axes and gauntlets. That's that's it. Um, but, uh, you know, even his axes are incredibly strong, but, but, you know, I mean, you, you, gotta have some strong units, right? (laughs) It doesn't, it doesn't really help that they have, depending on what you level up in the instructions that you have the ability to get like a weight minus three or even a weight, a weight minus five ability. I haven't got weight minus five, but imagine you get him from from going up in uh, armor, correct? Or yeah, armor or heavy. Probably, armor, right? I'll have to look into it. But I know, I know you get minus three from heavy armor, so I imagine you would get minus five. Yeah, that would help a lot. Yeah, now that I think about it. Yeah, Caspar's already pretty light, so he doesn't really need anything like that. But I imagine Raphael can be pretty heavy, pretty big. Well, um, every unit is different, but yeah, Raphael was my war master in mine, but he was pretty speedy for some well, that's reason. That's good. That's good. Um, so now that I got that out of the way, there's one other thing that I want to talk about it in regards to uh, weapons, and that is magic. I love magic in this game. Love it. Um, I think they did a very good job making magic more balanced in the early game, but making it a lot more diverse in the late mm. game. Mm. I agree. I agree. There, at first, when I first started playing with like some of the mages, I was like, I don't know about this. Like they're missing an awful lot. Um, but then as you go on, like they they get better skills. They, you know, their proficiencies go up. It's it's. Fantastic. It requires and, a bit of investment early, but the payoff. Yeah, is I agree. There and yeah, it requires investment, but yeah, the payoff is good. And some of these units have like unique spells, like uh, well, maybe maybe I shouldn't go into details, but Dorothea has her own spell that's incredibly useful. And then, but but you know, Lysithia, Lysithia, Lysithia has yeah. her own like set of spells that are incredibly useful for taking out things. So it, it's. It, it it just gives the, the the mage users much more uniqueness than they ever had, in my opinion. For those who don't know, for those who don't know what we're talking about, uh, early in the game, you will have like one spell I think that has like five uses, and the more you use that, uh, unlike weapons, tomes are replenished after every battle. So the more you use that tome, you'll eventually unlock. So say I was a uh, healing mage. I have five uses of heal, and when I get physic, I then have ten uses of heal and five physic. So you just get more, more uses, more options when you. Yeah, but not and, and not all healers, not all healers get psychic. You know, uh, some some get like uh, restore or some some other like or, or warp or something like that. So it the way the game handles it, it's not it's not the same for each mage, and you can decide which mages. Do I prefer to have like what what spells do I prefer to have? 
So, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just giving also them a tome, no money it good. <laughs> yeah, that's good because sometimes those tomes could be. I mean, they they could get just expensive as weapons, but you know, it just it felt. I, sometimes sometimes it felt like you're going through magic more than <laughs> more than weapons, but I could be wrong. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, but here, yeah, but yeah, yeah, here it's 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 a nice trade off where there's a limited time of, or limited amount of magic to use and you have to make sure you use them um, correctly. I do, I do like that, that uh, limit. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you wanted to say about the battles? I, I do think this is a good time to touch on graphics because I think in the battles, um, the environments look the worst in some maps, in some terrains, not all of them. Uh, but the fact that they were able to include all the units on screen if you zoomed in is great. Like, I'm very glad that they had Koei Tecmo work with them at this game. Yeah, I, I agree that, graphically speaking, it's not the best-looking game at all. Uh, I mean, it is it is the best-looking Fire Emblem game, but it could, it could be a lot better. Um you know, a lot of people have been praising Koei Tecmo for their work on the game, and and I'm not gonna say that they're lazy or they um, have not done a good job. That they've Three Houses is a fantastic game, and I enjoy it immensely. But I do think Koei Tecmo might be the reason why this game is not as you know pretty as it could be. Uh, Koei Tecmo is kind of known for taking the easy way out when it comes to some designs, I feel like. I, and maybe Intelligent System is the problem here, but when you look at games like Color Splash and some and some of the 3DS games, uh, granted the 3DS games, so it's different specs we're talking about, but Color Splash and, 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 and Thousand Year Door and those games are, are developed by Intelligent Systems, probably different teams, but same company, it kind of shows you that they they have the capability to make these incredibly good-looking games, in my opinion. And yes, the the scope of Three Houses is immense, but I feel like it would have been doable to improve on the models, improve on the textures, um, improve on the maps. But I think with Koei Tecmo, who tend to kind of take shortcuts in that way, you know, just grabbing a JPEG of, of some stones and putting it on the, on the map and calling <laughs> well, it a day. I mean, but. for one, the game ran at 30, and two, they are the developers of the uh, Warriors games. Like, this, Wait, oh, this exactly. game does look That's a I'm lot saying. like uh, Fire Emblem Warriors. Right. Uh, it, so. It's very much a, a, you know, a testament to how Koei Tecmo just works in general. Um, but... At this, I, just, I appreciate what they did. Like their their knowledge was essential to the world building of three three houses with you know their three kingdoms background. That was you know very crucial for them going forward. And let's be honest, the Fire Emblem team hadn't been on a console for what 11, 12 years, uh, or was it ten? I I can't remember. But ever since Radiant Dawn, they have they haven't been they haven't been here. Uh, or on a console, so they probably needed some help, um, bigger team, and I guess since they had worked with them in Fire and Warriors, they felt like it was the best way to go. Uh, personally, I kind of hoped that they 
uh, part ways with Koei Tecmo in some cases or try to get a, 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 a studio who will foc- who will bring a little more focus to the graphic fidelity. But obviously that's not the, the, the main reason why you play these games, but it would be nice. At the same time, uh, with Three Houses selling as well as it is, and it sounds like they were uh, intelligence systems and Koei Tecmo were worked pretty well together. Uh, we this partnership may be longer than just one game, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Um, well, again, it's worth pointing out that uh, you can have the Warriors games run higher than thirty. This game runs on thirty flat. Well, so maybe they. I don't know. I I don't think I don't think Fire Emblem needs to run at sixty frames per second. I don't. There's no. There's no point. Well, I'm just saying, like there was. I'm agreeing you, with you in a sense that there was some. There's probably some real estate left over to push the real the visuals a little bit more, since the game runs at thirty. But yeah, I, I mean, know. yeah, P- potentially it's a big game, but I mean. Yeah, it, it it's hard to say. I I do think uh, I keep I keep blaming Koei Tecmo, but I do think it's a Koei Tecmo issue. But anyway, I I'll I'll, I'll stop doing that. Um, I but I do want to talk about real quick like the map variety. There isn't a whole lot. <laughs> there there the maps they do have are fairly interesting, and they come with some some quirks or or you know strategies that you have to apply to this specific map. Uh, but they they re they you reuse them a lot and the and not only that they'll have like paralogs that use the same map area and they're supposed to be other sides of the country the continent but the, the exact same map and it just kind of breaks the immersion it kind of breaks the 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 world building going on is like well I <laughs> sometimes they they try to remedy this at least maybe maybe that's not their uh like you know state of mind but like sometimes you enter in from a different side or well yeah i mean i i do think i I do think they try to make it to the map but uh, yeah i do think they try to change in that sense like yeah you'll start from here or you'll start from this side or etc and that that has happened but you know it it just i feel like they could have gone the extra mile and brought a little more variety to what we're seeing in some of these maps especially because i'll play a paralogue and then th- later on in like a f- in a future chapter, which is like the main story, I'll go to that place. And I'm like, I was just here. I just killed the banded pirates that were here like, you know, chapters ago. <laughs> this isn't even the same place, supposedly. I, I don't get it. <laughs> so that 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 was a little disappointing. Um, but I but, you know, I, I appreciate the hard work they do on the maps. And some of them are really, really uh cool ones but yeah a little disappointing in and uh, the lack of variety there yeah um anything else about the graphics you wanted to say um any general opinion that you have the monastery looks okay uh there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of chugging that can occur and you can really, you can really feel it. You're just characters, even when it's running, it's just kind of moving in slow motion. It's like, oh. So how often, how often were you running? Because the they try to disguise loading screens by having the doors closed. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, they'll do that. But it's not, it's not even, it's not even just the, the doors closed, something like that. I mean, I'll be outside, just right outside Bleth's room, and I just 
run down the grass grass area. Yeah, like you know, and I and I, I see only, I see Claw I talking to Hilda down there, and so I <laughs> I run towards them, and it just kind of feels like I'm running through Jello or something like that. You know, something <laughs> something thick. Uh, yeah, the only um, the only time I did encounter these, which is was when I was running, mm-hmm. when I was holding down the run button, and I didn't use it all that much because of uh, fast travel. But uh, yeah, yeah, that that's another thing. Like fast travel, I like fast travel, and I'll do it occasionally. But sometimes I just, and this is just my mind and how I work. Sometimes I just like to run around and run to the place I need to go to, or just travel there. Like I don't know. I kind of I kind of enjoy it. It's weird, but I do agree that having fast travel is essential to this place. Um, not and not only just because it gets you faster someplace, you know, makes the experience faster. But when you go to the cathedral, like not the you know where people pray, if you try running there or, or, or just going there, it <laughs> it won't let you in. Like they have the gates are shut and the door's closed and it won't let anywhere near you and you're like running against the or walking against the the, the iron gate for like uh, 30 30 seconds to a minute waiting for it to load whereas if you just if you just fast travel there it does it relatively quickly so yeah. it it's Which is a little odd yeah it, it's odd <laughs> i don't understand why yeah. that is but obviously it doesn't load that doesn't load that room while you're roaming the other, you know, the officers academy area for some yeah. reason, but hmm. there you go. Game design. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, yeah. Sorry. One last thing that I'll touch on. Uh-huh. I remember people saying that the, whenever there's a conversation, the backgrounds are 2d and the camera. Oh just yes. That's a good, that's a good thing to bring up. I actually didn't notice it all that much. I actually didn't care. Yeah. I mean, yes, it, yeah. it, it's hard to, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not terrible a lot of times. Sometimes it's kind of blatant and it, it, it looks really bad. There's a part where there's a, there's like a chair in one of these conversations I had and it just looks terrible because it, it, it's, it kind of, it's kind of close to the screen and it's just like, oh gosh, it's, it's like Wii graphics. It's so bad. Um, man. So it, um. I understand that that's not the point of these conversations, the support conversations, or even like the story beats. You know, it's the it's the the conversation, the people talking, and what they say, and their character models, uh, not the background. But it's not great, in my opinion. And I and I I know that you try to find ways to to not put too much too much strain on the game or your team. But yeah, the, I really hope they. I really hope they try to make it more than just a visual novel. Uh, it, it, it is more than that. Don't get me wrong, but I I, I want them. I, I wish there was more, like more movement, more interaction with the the setting they're in, and um, just more details. But alas, with a big game like this, it's, it's kind of hard to ask. I mean. It, I don't know why this is, but Japan, aside from Square Enix, Japan tends to not cut corners, but they don't put as much like detail and and emphasis on graphical fidelity in a lot of things in a lot of these JRPGs. Um, 
Square Enix aside, and I I'll throw Monolith Soft in there too. Although Monolith Soft has its has its places, has its typical GRPG places, but for the most part, it, it does a fantastic. They do a fantastic job. Um, but then you look at Western Studios, and you know you look at like Assassin's Creed and Call of Duty, and those are just so graphically intense, and they they, they look beautiful for the most part. It, it's just yeah. different. It's just different standards. Yeah, and different hardware. Well, different that's, hardware. That's true. That that that's that's a good point as well. But yeah, I mean, you got Witcher three uh, running on the Switch, and <laughs> you're not going to find a blocky blocky chair in in Witcher three. Well, we don't know that because we haven't played that. Uh, I mean, have you seen the previews for it? It looks. Have you seen the previews for it? It looks pretty good. Oh yeah, I have, and I've also seen preview videos, but. I we don't know what the you know like the corner looks like the random patch down the road, but I mean that's a that's a different conversation. Um, no, I think that's I think that's the same conversation to be honest. Like I think it's it's showing that the intelligence systems and Koei Tecmo's uh, focus and priorities with this weren't necessarily in the details in in graphically speaking. You know, it's yeah. providing Fire Emblem how we know it you know visual strategic visual novel with you know or excuse me a strategic rpg with visual novel aspects but in 3d that's that's what they were going for and i just hope in future titles it takes the next step and not just i'm sure it will i mean i think it's kind of like the 3ds scenario where the games got gradually better like if if you look yeah, well, I, I, I mean, think so. Awakening I to think Fates, so. there wasn't a huge jump. Yeah, they, like, they gave him feet. Echoes? They gave him feet. <laughs> Hooray. Yeah. What a... Well. Uh, I mean... I'm t- Did you mention I, I Echoes? I haven't even... Yeah, because I didn't even play Fates, buddy. <laughs> so Fates, Fates to so, Echoes, I mean... No, 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 no. No. Awakening to Echoes. That doesn't make any sense. Fates came out after Awakening oh, and before Echoes. Right. Okay. So Fates to Continue. Echoes. Um, I mean, I mean the jump. I mean, it's not. It's not too big of a jump, other than the fact that they put mm. a ton of voice acting in, and I feel like the story is just generally better. Um, and and they had the uh, the the free roaming, the dungeon roaming. So in that mm-hmm. case. Yeah, like that's um, there. There's a jump there, but it it's not as big as a jump as you know echoes or the, the 3ds in general to the switch to three houses. You know what I mean? So I'm worried that like this next title. I mean, we're talking like way in the future here, but I'll just leave yeah. it on this that I I am slightly worried that the next title will be another quick. Let's get something out so we have another game within two, three years, uh, you know, the next fates, you know what I mean? Right. So anyway, didn't mean to go on that, but I did. We'll, we'll see what happens. Who knows? Maybe, maybe they I could should have more faith. Like a, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe they could make a game look like, or like have the same graphical, at least environmental detail as say, Xenoblade two. I, that would be Which amazing. I still, Amazing. Yeah. 
uh, you know, um, I, I, okay, maybe I, instead more... of Koei Tecmo, they could partner up with Monolith Soft. Oh, <laughs> I wonder Monolith Soft would do it. That'd be so great. <laughs> oh, I think they would work well. I really think they would work well together. Anyway, um, but I, one more. That'll one be more... that'll be an episode in the future. Yeah, actually. for sure. One more thing I'll say is that uh, about this subject is I I do think they'll probably have a remake um, next instead of a new title. It's possible that they'll go a new, another new title, but if they do go remake, then I exp- then they they'll probably kind of reuse assets and the and what they did in Three Houses for um, the remake, but then you know kind of steadily approve on it in that sense, yeah. and then the game after that will be much bigger, much grander in that sense. Now that that I'd be okay with. That'd be that'd be great. But I I need to say something about the cutscenes real quick. When you look at some of the previous Fire Emblem games, specifically Path of Radiance, Radiant Dawn, uh, Awakening, and I'll throw in Fates. All right. You look at the cutscenes of those games, and it's fantastic. Smooth, great looking for their for their time, and and sometimes awake, with like Awakening's case, like the, it looks like hyper realistic, and you know there's like a close up of Lucina's eye at one point. It's like, oh my gosh, is that real life? It's crazy. It's it's crazy the mm-hmm. the the quality level of some of those cutscenes, yeah. and then you look at. I'll leave Echoes out of it, but Echoes kind of suffers from the same thing. Three Houses cutscenes, and it's just ugly, man. Like not all of them. Some of them. Some of them are good. Some of them are okay, but like it. There there are some moments where it's just choppy, awkward, and poorly done poorly directed i i think it, it maybe has to do with the art style the models they use or something like that it, it is it's just not good uh you want to know what it is in radiant dawn and in awakening well no in radiant dawn they had that's done completely separate from the game but it was still done by intelligent systems to my knowledge. In Awakening, they hired different people to do computer animations for that game. And in Three Houses... Hmm? Yeah. But in Three Houses, it's different from both in that all of those 3D cutscenes are done in Engine. They are not rendered... To my knowledge, they are not rendered elsewhere, right? They have been rendered elsewhere. Um... I don't. I don't think they're done in house, uh, because if you look at Echoes, that that was done by that was done by a outs, they outsourced those cutscenes, and it has the same sort of feel as Echoes. Echoes, I felt like at times was good cutscenes, but there was choppiness. There was there there they had the same moments. Um, not to this extent. I I'll, I'll admit that. And the, and you know I don't mean to be too harsh on Three Houses. There are some pretty cool moments. Um, the cutscenes. I think the problem is that uh, there are more cutscenes than what they had in previous games. Like so you'd go through games like tens of hours, well, not tens of hours, hours before ever seeing another cutscene. Where in Three Houses, yeah, there there'd be long periods, but they're a little more frequent. Um, so I, I don't know. I understand why, or in terms of like how much time and effort it would take. I understand why, but I feel like they could have gone 
the again the extra mile to make it incredibly good looking you know outsource it to a different company outsource it to a 2d animation or you know a better 3d well, animation they already did that they already did that <laughs> there are 2d animated cutscenes, which are all great in my opinion yeah they're, they're you know okay but, so so i said this before i said this before to you that there are 2d animated cutscenes, and i was looking back at them and i was like wait is this 2d it almost looks like 3d just like i can tell i i could tell i don't know man i don't know i don't think they are like the one i'm specifically thinking is the monastery like when they go through and see all the students and at first when i saw i was like oh yeah that's that's 2d but then it like it moves in a certain way like like it looks like a 3d model like what the world Hmm. so i don't know i may have i may have misspoke earlier but maybe i'm wrong now i don't know Hmm. But anyway, I think they should have. I should have, they should have outsourced to a different studio, or you know, put a higher budget in it. You know what I mean? If if even if it was done in house. So sorry, that's I, like one of my biggest gripes. I had to. Oh, I, and I know we we talked about this like last week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You, you did you did point that out to me, uh, and I knew that at some point you were, you wanted to get yourself you get that off your your chest in a recording. Thank you. Um, well, <laughs> well, there's one other thing that we haven't touched on since we're not touching on story all that much, huh? Which is music. Ah, yeah. yes, music. Music. I love the music. I think it's great. Fantastic. <laughs> it really is. Um, the, the one problem that I have, and I'll get this out of the way first, is that you will not get every track on because you know there's a menu in the menu there's like a track list you will not get every track on your first playthrough i actually looked this up because my favorite track in the game is exclusive to to golden deer (laughs) oh really wow yeah uh i actually wanted to look this up it was kind of a spoiler for me but that's fine um there's a there's a track in the golden deer route that to my knowledge, does not appear anywhere else. Um, so in that sense, like I haven't heard the, and since the sound selection obviously doesn't have everything, I haven't heard everything. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. There, there are there are unique tracks to each each route and and cutscenes as well. There are some yeah. cutscenes that are unique to certain routes. So uh, I kind of it really encourages future playthroughs. The the replayability of this game is just superb and because the battles are so addicting and so fun to play it i feel like being or the chance to have something new pop up in your replay just adds to it doesn't take away from the the does it and just adding like a adding music tracks to the list is such a small thing yeah i still appreciate it very much because i just i like the especially the battle uh themes and the battle prep themes i like a lot like I, I have, I burned the sound selection CD onto my uh, onto my laptop uh-huh. through a disc drive, and I have all the songs on, on uh, Spotify. So just, I love the soundtrack. Yeah, it it's fantastic. I I think it's some it's it's some of the best tracks in Fire Emblem, which is good. I mean, I mean, and that's and that's saying something when you have some of the amazing when you think of some of the amazing songs that are in Fire Emblem. Yeah. 
really a whole lot specifically to talk about the music other than like i i like the theming of it i like i didn't feel like a song was out of place when i heard it agreed um mm-hmm. I, I do like the theme of of three houses and kind of like the main theme they have and how it will play in a lot of the a lot of the themes in fates they had they had this uh, kind of a same thing going on with uh, uh i think it was called ocean gray waves or it may be called something else actually now that i think about it i can't remember but um it it was a it's like do 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 right there there is a um there's a couple of themes in this game that right have, right that have vocals right and yeah uh, I, I was saying that but mm-hmm. with fates it's like uh I and it wasn't always the case there's a lot of great there's a lot of great music in fates some of the best to be honest hmm. but some of the some of the songs that borrowed the the, the theme. Their main theme, Um, it just got a little redundant in my mind and to me, and it's like "Ah, I'm I'm kind of tired of this. But with Three Houses, the way they use the main theme in some of these songs is just incredible. And then they'll take a really good track and take the main theme and mesh them together in in some songs, and it's just like whoa, it fits so well. Um, one of my favorites, uh, to tie into your point, my favorite song in this game is a remix of a battle theme from part one. It is a song that you can only hear in part two of Golden Deer, and to my knowledge at least. And, it, and, it, and it's, a re, it's a redone of a battle theme that was in part one for everybody. I love it. <laughs> so they, So not just the main theme, but, you know, they do reuse themes from like minor themes from other songs. Mm-hmm. My favorite track is uh, Blue Sky in a Battle, and I imagine that's the song you're talking about. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> so I haven't I haven't yep. heard that remix, but um, I've heard people comment on it. But I do, I do really like Blue Sky in a Battle, so it makes me excited to see what kind of remix they I did. Uh, I did also put my the sound selection on my personal uh, Google Drive. So I'll have to get you that song. Oh, I mean, I have, I have the sound selection. So. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Um, the bat, the battle themes. I think, especially, uh, what what is the track name? I'll get the track name right now. Um, between heaven and earth. Yeah, I think between, my that's a good favorite. One. Yeah, that's that's the remix of um, blue sky in a battle. Uh. I think the battle themes are my favorite in the series. Yeah. Personally. Uh, what are your overall or final thoughts on Fire Emblem Three Houses? At least your playthrough. Oh. First one. Yeah, the first one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that this is a great a great step on to back to or back to or a great return to home console. Um, the characters um and the the ability to do whatever class that you want based on your characters and their personalities and whatnot and and not to forget to mention the story that is one of the most intriguing and compelling of the series is uh what makes this game great and i think it's one of the best fire emblem games um i i I think it will go down as not like a 
oh, everyone was just hyped for this game, like kind of like how Fates was. I think people will look back on this fondly and be like, man, that was a great game. Sure, it had its issues, um, but man, don't you, don't you remember Bernadetta, how, you know, how much of a recluse she was or who can forget uh, um, Felix's Sasuke attitude and, you know, him <laughs> always being a jerk to everybody or how adorable... Uh, uh, who else is adorable? That all all the waifus are. <laughs> so I, yeah. I think I think this is, uh, it's it's it, it's a fantastic game, great gameplay, awesome story, um, and I I'm excited to see where Firehem Firehem goes from here, um, but we probably won't see that for a long time. <laughs> so yeah, I think um, I, in the future we really ha- we really should do a like favorite character or or talk about certain characters or. Something like that, because what really what really sells three houses are is the cast and the fact that you get to find out so much about each and every one of them, and they they almost all matter. Whereas in previous oh, Fire yeah. Emblem games, it's just kind of, hey, you got this new cool unit. Oh, you probably won't ever use him because you already have a better unit. But hey, you know that yeah. here's this guy. Whereas that that can't happen in this game. However, it because it's controlled how many units you get. Um, at the beginning, unless you decide to, you know, recruit more, um, it gets a little more spot. It puts a spotlight on more characters. So I really think yeah. that is a strong selling point of three houses. And now I'll shut up. <laughs> um, and even though I said at the beginning that we are not touching on the story in this review, because there are a lot of spoilers to talk about in the story. It's great. I love it so much. At least the Golden Deer playthrough. I'll play. I'll play through the other ones over the coming months. But I, I loved my playthrough of this game, uh, story-wise. The graphics could have been better, but I think once Intelligent Systems gets used to the hardware a bit more, they'll be able to put out better looking a better looking game or games uh, in the future, depending on how long the Switch last although probably won't die out anytime soon um yeah the, and we still got dlc yeah the whole dlc thing to look forward yeah, to they said they're gonna do like a, a new story with new characters and yeah we'll, we'll see where that goes uh, mm-hmm. but um i i love the characters i like the fact that uh, even the even the security guard who says, "Hey, professor, <laughs> nothing to report," has has voice acting. You know, everyone is voiced. And I like I like the English a lot. Uh, the casting yeah. directors did a very good job. They they did good. They did good. They did good is what I'll say. Actually, um, I, do you mind if I interject real quick? Uh, sure, go ahead. The the gatekeeper um, has you know <laughs> obviously has become a great endearing character for a lot of Three Houses fans. <laughs> and, I, and it makes me wonder if they knew, if Intelligent Citizens knew that this was going to happen. Because because there's a moment in the game where a character will do an impression of the gatekeeper. And then and then she's like, how was my impression? Did I sound authentic or did I sound like him or something like that? She doesn't specifically mention the gatekeeper, but you can tell she's she's in the vicinity of the gatekeeper when she does that impression. And, you know, it's basically what he says. So it's like they knew, they knew how much how amazing he was. <laughs> There's no question about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I I can't wait to find that because I don't think I got that in my first that's, place. That's kind of why um, I wanted to avoid uh, like saying and, the name. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. 
but they they did they did do a good job recruiting mostly persona alumni for the english cast but that's that's given in this game yeah good point yeah yeah um i thought that the gameplay was great however in my normal playthrough the gauntlets were really overpowered and the battalions went mostly unused i'm playing i'll be playing the game from now on on hard and i hope that the battalions will be more because i didn't even upgrade them past like the halfway point like i didn't interchange them i didn't like rotate I, them to out be honest before. like there is no there's almost no point in rotating them out like once you hmm. find like a good one it's they don't yeah there's no point like or there okay. there isn't much opportunity to really like once I got the bombs, I was just like, I'm just keeping that. <laughs> There's no point. <laughs> yeah, but maybe maybe that um, it'll change up on the with the person. But uh, and last thing about the gameplay is uh, you know the fact that magic. I love magic. Magic is the best it's ever been in my opinion in the series. Yeah. Um, I, I love it so much. And then last but surely not least, the music. I listen to the music almost daily. On, on my computer and on my phone <laughs> like even even out of the game i'll listen to it which doesn't really happen for me for for most video games um i'll i'll ask you this but uh, if i were to put a number on it uh and and for this channel we do go on a out of 10 scale with a 0.5s if we feel like it i'll go a 9.0 on this one what about you, James? If you were to put a number on this, yeah, game, I think uh, I'm thinking a nine as well. Like, I think it's a, it's an amazing game, um, especially if it's able to keep my attention this well. I mean, Fire Emblem is just a great series in general, but uh, I think it deserves the nine and has and that, and that still gives it room to approve in my mind. Oh yeah, like the graphics could have been better, and like you like you were explaining, you know. Koei Tecmo might, in some ways, it might have been a good partnership because of all the, you know, units or models on screen, but it it's also the, it takes away from the environments. Yeah, they, they did they did like a good it. job with the, with the helping build the, the lore of three houses with their three kingdoms background, but yeah, it's, I, I think they cut code, but anyway, we've already talked about that. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so 9.0 is what you're going with? Yeah, I, I feel safe with that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, any other final thoughts? Or have you said your piece? Flane is the best thing of this game. <laughs> Give her the fish. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. Like Flane's obsession with her with the fish is just the best thing to ever happen to the Fire Emblem series. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um I guess to an extent. Uh, one last thing I'll say is the the portraits. Love the character portraits as well. Oh, we didn't even go into I character think... designs. Well, that's okay. That's no, okay. we didn't. We'll, uh, we'll go. We'll go into that when we talk about our favorite characters from that's, the game that's in a future episode. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think we've said all that we need to say for our review. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to like the video or maybe subscribe for more of this podcast and more. Other shows on our channel include Kakriko Road, where we talk about the Legend of Zelda series, The Third Reel, where we talk about our favorite films, and Titan Tea Time, where we discuss the most recent Attack on Titan manga chapter each and every month. Uh, thank you for listening. 
and have a good one. Bye-bye. Give Flane her fish. The fish she craves.